Hello and welcome to the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Jones and this is episode 69. In today's episode, we're discussing the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak in your pets, including holistic flu remedies, the nutrient that is most important in helping your cat with kidney disease, CBD or cannabidiol, here's what veterinarians are saying about how this is helping their patients. Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes and Stitcher. I'd love it if you could subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can do so on any of those apps. Questions or comments, feel free to post a comment on my blog at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash blog. And lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my free book, Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, by going here, veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. Now let's get right into today's podcast. The current Wuhan coronavirus outbreak has to date killed over 100 people in China and has infected over 4,500 people globally. Most of them within China or some of the neighboring Asian countries. Chinese authorities have traced this 2019 coronavirus outbreak to a seafood market in Wuhan province where many of the first infections were discovered. Experts believe the virus was first present in meat being sold at the market, which allowed it to cross the species barrier and infect people. Coronaviruses are very common in animals, and most human viruses first originated in other species. The virus mutated so it could specifically infect people, but meaning in its current form, it cannot infect animals once again. Pets, therefore, cannot spread the new virus, but there are other forms of coronavirus animal lovers need to navigate. As far as, you know, the the big question here, what I'm being asked by so many people, first of all, do I need to be concerned about my pets? No, you don't. But do you, do you need to be concerned about this virus? No question, you need to be aware of it. Yes, it's a type of virus called a coronavirus. Typically in our dogs and cats, it would cause really mild GI symptoms, vomiting, maybe some a small amount of diarrhea. Most of the time, you wouldn't know if your dog or cat had a coronavirus. But in this case, what's happened is this generally it's considered a gut virus has mutated. It's now infecting people and it's causing mostly flu-like symptoms. So in terms of you know this head cold, fever, aches and pains, how you would expect yourself to have the flu. The way it's being spread from people to people though, it's not sort of the typical flu viruses because it's a coronavirus. So it's actually being spread by you touching this virus where someone has potentially coughed on an area that makes your hand makes your way into your mouth and then the virus starts to replicate. But fortunately, what it appears to be what we're seeing is that it's not really infectious that infectious from person to person, although it is able to transmit um, from person to person. So what, what do you do now? I mean, what do you do with your own animals, period? Well, first of all, yes, they can get flu-like viruses. You know, we've had the outbreak of the dog flu. There's a number of different viruses that can cause flus in our cats. As far as treatment-wise goes, because they're viruses, they're difficult to treat. Unfortunately, for some of the diseases, there are vaccines, but when you're dealing with a new sort of emergent disease, we don't have access to a vaccine. Hence, that's why we're just getting this sort of worldwide sort of fear about this potential flu pandemic. If your dogs or cats were to have the flu, and I recently sort of dealt with some flu-like symptoms myself last week, I did my 
behind little dog Tula. We both were coughing about the same time. There's three specific things I'd have you consider. So first of all, I was taking honey. I was dosing myself at about two tablespoons three times a day. It's first of all, symptomatically works really well for cough. Secondarily, it's got some wonderful antibacterial properties and potentially some antiviral properties. And second, I was taking elderberry juice. So this is a plant grown throughout North America. It's sort of like a flowering tree. You can actually take the berries, squish the berries, you produce this really concentrated dark purple juice. It's also available in products such as one called Samugard. It's one of the few plants that have been shown to decrease the severity and the duration of colds and flu. So I was taking myself one to two teaspoons of elderberry along with the honey. Then the third thing I was adding in, there's a, a herbal root tincture called licorice root tincture. And licorice root itself has been extensively studied, especially for one, it's benefit for being for cough. So any of these res upper respiratory infections, secondarily, it is antibacterial and especially anti antiviral. Say for instance, you've got a flu virus or your dog or your cat and you're naturally trying to deal with it. I think these top three things, honey, elderberry and licorice root are great options. When I was dosing myself with licorice root, I was giving myself about two mils of the licorice root three times a day. A standard dog dose is about a half a mil of the tincture per 20 pounds of body weight twice daily. Kidney failure and cats. You should be focused on lowering this one ingredient and no, it's not protein. So what are the signs? Your cat is drinking more water and urinating more off. Your pet may be losing weight, specifically loss of muscle mass as the kidneys lose protein. As kidney failure advances, your pet may become weak due to anemia. What are the causes? You get a decreased appetite to a buildup of toxins in the bloodstream. In advanced cases, he will be de dehydrated and completely off food. In some pets, kidney disease causes elevated blood pressure which may affect the eyesight. If your cat has kidney failure, most veterinarians will advise that you place your cat on a low protein diet. Yet to date there are no studies showing that restricting protein will prevent further deterioration of kidney function. In fact, many veterinary cat specialists are now advising to not restrict protein. They're advising to maintain protein levels and restrict phosphorus. This is the key nutrient in animal protein that is damaging the kidneys. So what are the solutions? First of all, fluid. The most important thing you you can do for your cat with renal failure or your dog is to maintain adequate hydration. Offer lots of fresh water. If your cat is not a great water drinker, you should be making the switch to canned foods. Learn how to give subcutaneous fluids to your dog or your cat, which, which can also help flush out the kidney toxins. Um, I do have a video showing you on how to do that on my YouTube channel, I'll, and I'll link to that in the podcast description below. Probiotics. Azodil, it's a natural probiotic, which helps metabolize and flush out uremic toxins in the bowel. They slow uremic toxin buildup in the blood and help prevent further kidney damage. The azadil dose is one capsule per 10 pounds of body weight daily to a maximum of four caps per day. Phosphorus for reduction. So in the early stages of kidney disease, the single biggest mineral which damages the kidneys is phosphorus. This mineral speeds up destruction of the remaining kidney cells. Which, so what you want to be doing is feeding a diet lower in phosphorus and using phosphorus binders. So a diet slightly low in phosphorus would be like a senior canned cat food. A really good phosphorus binder here are two in particular. The first one is called aluminum hydroxide or known as as ALOH, and it's a pretty important phosphorus binder. We use it quite a lot in veterinary practice. It's odorless, it's tasteless, it can easily mix with food. The ALOH dose is a quarter of a teaspoon per 10 pounds daily. Then you could also consider this as a phosphorus binder, just Tums or calcium carbonate. So many of our pets, they can either one have high 
phosphorus levels, and that can happen with kidney failure, and or it can be an underlying primary cause that is accelerating the destruction of the remaining uh, kidney function. So another option is just using these Tums or calcium carbonate, dosing your cat at a quarter of a tablet, for 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. Lastly, I really want you to consider there's an antacid, also known as known as the brand Pepsid, but it's called Famotidine. It's considered a very safe order-the-counter antacid for our cats. The average cat dose is about a quarter of a tablet or 2.5 milligrams for 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. Because what we're seeing with many of these cats as they get progressive kidney failure, they just feel nauseous, they don't want to eat, they don't want to drink, and that's when they get really, really sick. So if you can just decrease Increase some of that acid production and make them feel better they're gonna more likely to keep eating and keep drinking and just not have such a rapid de decline in kidney disease a CBD forget the legal issues does it work in veterinary patients veterinarians are being bombarded these days by questions etc also with clients saying you know should I be using CBD for my dogs or cats and likewise you know there's clients that are reading information on the internet so you've got public demand out pacing research like they want to do something to help their dogs or cats, rightfully so, um, but you know, there's not necessarily, at least from many veterinarians' point of view, the research to back it up. What DBM360 did, they went and talked to Robert Silver, uh, Chief Medical Officer for RX Vitamins, and a practicing small mole vet in Colorado, and this is some of the things that he's seeing and passed along. First of all, for dosage. Prior to recent studies, the generally accepted therapeutic range for CBD was told to be 0.1 to 0.5 milligrams per kilo twice a day. But you can go as high as 5 milligrams per kilo twice daily, according to Dr. Silver. A Cornell study shows that dosing as high as 8 mg per kilo is safe, but generally it's not very cost effective or practical. Most people uh, looking at the sort of standard doses of 0.1 to 2 milligrams per kilo twice daily. Pain management. Lower doses of CBD are generally good for neuropathic pain, so pain related to nerves, but higher doses are often necessary for conditions such as chronic pain and inflammation from things such as osteoporosis. Arthritis. Dr. Silver has been finding that doses of 0.5 milligrams per kilo twice daily to be effective, and he reports that other veterinarians are also finding lower doses work well for many painful patients. It's generally worthwhile to start at this lower dose, which may provide a successful outcome, and then increase it as you need to. Cancer. Cannabinoids appear to be able to fight cancer, po possibly through the induction of a cancer cell death. It's called apoptosis, anti-angiogenesis, that means preventing sort of these blood vessels from growing, allowing the cancer cells to spread, and other anti-metastatic properties. Still, once again, you know, preventing these cancer cells from spreading. Um, there's a number of different specific studies looking at how they believe the cannabinoids may be helping with cancer. These veterinarians do caution, like don't just you know, believe every claim you're reading. Many times, you're not going to do any harm, and there is potential benefit. This Dr. Silver is saying he knows of a veterinary oncologist who is treating a, so that's a mass under the tongue, using non-THC, just CBD is a soil treatment. Six weeks later, after the, ma the mass was reduced to nearly nothing. And there's, you know, other antidotal cases of other owners showing how non-different CBD and CBD THC products are being beneficial for a number of different cancers. They're talking about one other specific case here, you know, where someone has used a one-to-one -one CBD THC product. And that's kind of what I've been suggesting. And I believe that's probably most beneficial uh, for a type of, looks like a, an undifferentiated nasal carcinoma. That's a pretty nasty 
type of nose cancer with the tumor shrinking significantly over a six-week period of time. Um, my own experience, so I've had a number of different pet owners write in and one person in, in particular, I mean, her dog was diagnosed with a pretty nasty type of mouth cancer two years ago, primarily using CBD, CBD THC, um, had been able to have him live, he was given a, maybe a prognosis of a few months, he lived two years after that diagnosis. So it's not just, you know, one or two people, it's many, many, many pet owners uh, seeing positive results with CBD and CBD in combination with THC. The seizures, and this is an interesting one. So some of the veterinarians are seeing positive results with epilepsy. Other ones are um, finding that maybe not as effective as we once hoped. So Dr. Silver is saying that at Colorado State University, the study of CBD for refractory epilepsy, they're saying in some dogs, they dose in these dogs at 2.5 milligrams per kilo twice a day. Some dogs experienced a 40% reduction in seizures. A new study at a higher dose is taking place now. So we can't actually give you the specific results, but they're just dosing at higher amounts. Still, he's saying for uncomplicated seizures, especially you've got these dogs that are not well controlled on the current anticonvulsant drugs, like why not try your dog on CBD, ranging in doses from 0.5 to 1 mg per kilo twice daily. Especially if you do the CBD along with thing, something yeah, such as MCT oil. And then sort of future hopefuls, what are some of the other things they're hoping for? Well, they're just lost of enthusiasm for therapeutic use to hemp products. Likewise, we're looking at things such as eye drops for glaucoma, tumor injections, stimulation of bone growth, safe sedation for puppies and young animals, anesthesia induction, inhalers for lung cancer, right? Pain reliever from, from certain parts of the plant, even antifungal and antimicrobial bedding for animals, treatment for chronic, so the bladder, recurring bladder type infections, inflammation in cats, uh, use for karmic dermatitis or skin disorders of dogs and cats, treatment of inflammatory bowel disease, among others. There are many, many, many potential uses of the CBD. So as far as, you know, if you have an arthritic dog and or arthritic cat, or you've got a dog or cat with many of the above conditions or any of the above conditions I do encourage you to try CBD obviously it doesn't need to be my specific CBD supplement It'd be great if it was uh, but one of the big benefits of my ultimate CBD it's very concentrated so that you only need one drop per day for an average 10 pound dog or cat and some of the other specific benefits of my supplement it is full spectrum it's organic and natural it's third-party verified lab testing I use green extraction methods. It's got the ideal safe carrier oil in, in the form of hemp seed oil, which is essentially from the same plant. It's non-GMO grown in the USA, precise dosing, and also allows for topical absorption. And it's available, Dr. Jones's Ultimate CBD at thecbdsupplement.com. So thanks again for listening to this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is Dr. Jones. Um, I hope you found it helpful. I hope it sounds a little bit better. I've just got myself a new microphone. So I'd love some feedback and I'd love to hear from you guys what you'd like to hear for future episodes. I'm now sort of on this like regular kick. I got myself a better microphone. I'm like, okay, once a week you're going to hear a podcast. But once again, thanks for listening. It's Dr. Jones.